This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm pastor here at Cornerstone, and we are actually continuing forward in a little kind of sub-series that we've been doing here on Equip, where we are interviewing some of the elders of Cornerstone Church, getting their wisdom uh, in life, and just giving you a chance to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit and get to know some of the guys who God's entrusted the leadership of this church. And so I'm joined today by Brandon Patton. Brandon, welcome to the podcast brother. Thanks, Mark. So, Brandon, I have prepped you with a series of great questions, which are sure to um, be very helpful, revealing, you know, just get beneath the surface. But we start with the first question, and this one is going to be a real simple one. Brandon, I need to know a little bit of the Brandon Patton story. So, let's just get general background first. Where are you from? Who's in your family? How long you've been at Cornerstone? How long is an elder? And I might rapid fire a few other kind of getting to know you questions there too. Sure. Um, well, Corey and I moved here uh, almost 12 years ago, I think now. And so uh, I think it's the longest that I've lived anywhere in my life. And I sort of half expect that, you know, someday I'm just going to get kicked out and have to find somewhere else to, to live. So um, I was born in Des Moines and lived in, in Norwalk for 11 years. And then we moved to Spencer and um, Spencer was just an awesome place to grow up and still consider that home. And that's where I met Corey. Uh, we met in seventh grade art class and I don't remember really much of anything about art, um, but meeting her obviously has turned out pretty well. So uh, she and I are both from there and um, we have three kids, Addie, Charlie, and Jack. Addie's in sixth grade, Charlie's in fourth, and Jack's in second grade. And I've been on the elder team three or four years, somewhere around there. Yeah, something something in that nature. I think we've been on together the whole time you've been on the team. Yeah, so it I could probably- be longer. It could be longer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, years <laughs> squished together at this stage of life sometimes. And they so, yeah, yeah, it might be eight, you know, for all we know. But I, I think that's pretty accurate. Now, what do you do for fun, though, Brandon? Like, what's, what is fun for you? Well, some people would say that I don't know how to have fun. Um, like Troy. Troy would probably say that. Um, but, you know, fun usually for me involves family and friends first. And uh, that can take a variety of, of different looks. Um, yesterday, I was fixing the zip line in the backyard. We're now post derecho, and the zip line's back going. Awesome. So that's pretty cool. Um, living on an acreage for me just is fun in general, whether it's uh, pushing snow with the gator, um, trimming trees, planting trees, uh, whatever, gardening. Uh, that's all good. But I like to play golf and in sports. We're doing baseball and softball with the kids now. So all those things are fun for me. It's awesome. Okay, now we get to the meat of the question. So we, we have five leadership questions today, but a bonus one thrown in there uh, because I, I want people to get to know the real Brandon. And I'm, I'm going to start with this when we start. Every one of the elders has answered this question that they've been on, which is, Brandon, how did you come to faith in Jesus? Give us a little bit of your God story. Yeah. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were um, faithful in that way. And But to be honest, like I never really fully understood the gospel until seventh grade. 
And I just had an awesome uh, Sunday school teacher and he was a senior in high school and was like everything that I aspired to be in life. Um, awesome athlete, quarterback on the football team, point guard on the basketball team, four point student body president, just a great guy. But beyond that, he was, he was just a really godly guy. And um, like unusually, unusually so for that age. And so he, I think he uniquely had a voice into my life, um, but just flat out shared, shared the gospel with our Sunday school class. And by God's grace, I was responsive to that. And um, I was very, very fortunate to have coaches in my life too, that were just tremendous believers too. So they were head coaches in all the sports that I was in. And that's a privilege. Yeah. They really, they really pushed me, not just on the field, but um, to develop my faith and to learn how to study the word and uh, to not be satisfied with, you know, just coming to faith, but really to become a mature believer and to really kind of begin that process as I look back of just becoming a leader in whatever context, you know, you're in and whatever is helpful. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Seventh grade was a, was a pivotal year for me. That's when I met Corey. Uh, it's when I became a believer and it's, it's when I was first kind of introduced to the idea of becoming a dentist. So, wow. Yeah. I, so I kind of got the big three there in the yeah. in seventh grade. I, I'm sitting here thinking about my seventh grader and <laughs> Brandon, I, I'm satisfied with smaller progress. I'm going to be real with you. You know, I'm satisfied well, with like our shoes are on when we go to school, yeah, which maybe yeah. I'm setting the bar well, too low now. Truthfully, if you were able to look at some of those other years, there were probably some pretty lean years in there. So <laughs> yeah, I just, all seventh grade. just packed in this one year for a harvest. Okay. So yeah. little known Brandon Patton fact. So you are a dentist in Ames, but some people yep. may not know some of the path to get there. And part of that involves you, you spent some time in the Navy. So I want to ask a little bit about like why the Navy, how did that happen? And maybe even just some of the things you reflect back on now where your time serving our country in that way was like shaping for you as an individual, as a leader. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a great question. And people that know me pretty well know that the Navy was a pretty, a pivotal experience for me. Um, I still, I still keep track of some of my buddies and um, the ship that I was on. I've always keeping tabs on that, but I think the roots go back to, I'm from a military family of sorts. Uh, both of my grandfathers were part of the greatest generation and served in the army or the Navy during world war II, And that was a, that was a, a respected and even kind of revered thing um, for me that my, both my grandpas did that. And, um, I remember talking to them about their experiences in World War II as a kid. Um, a couple uncles and a cousin that were in the military too. And our family just in general was a family that respected that. And, mm-hmm. uh, Veterans Day, uh, Memorial Day, um, grandpas were in the American Legion. And so there, there was just a connection in our family with that. And, uh, when I was in high school, actually, uh, one of the guys in our in our town that was an orthopedic surgeon was a West Point grad and actually got me interested in um, looking into one of the service academies uh, for college. And I pursued that for a while until I chickened out and uh, 
So I ended up going to Warburg, but then I applied for dental school um, early and got in and just had some time to explore some different options for what a career in dentistry could look like. And uh, I, I got the military thought again and met with a recruiter to see if they could ever use a dentist in the Navy. And, you know, I was pretty naive. Uh, that was sort of music to his ears. And he was the number one healthcare recruiting um, person in the country. And so things just kind of fell in place. And uh, I was talking to my mom about this uh, a week ago, actually. And I applied for the Navy scholarship without ever talking to her, which was, you know, in retrospect, not a great thing. Um, but it all worked out. And I loved my time in the Navy. It wasn't like always every day, a great experience, but overall, overwhelmingly positive. And I just learned so much about myself, so much about the world. And just the, the opportunity to serve your country is a unique one. And, you know, I was in dental school when 9-11 happened. And wow. Wow. I knew I was a freshman in dental school. And when that happened, I knew that that, you know, event was going to shape something of my life in the future. And uh, so, yeah, it was just awesome uh, being on an aircraft carrier. And uh, I've always loved naval aviation. And so I'd work a long day on the ship and then go up uh, topside and watch flight ops at night. And um, it was it was great. I just I had a lot of great friends and, and learned a lot. Wow. So how long were you in the Navy then, Brandon? Uh, I did four years act, active duty, and then uh, I think three years in the reserves when we moved to Ames. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was great. Wow. Now, this is weaves together, but I, just a side tangent. So you and Corey met in the seventh grade. It doesn't feel like you got married in junior high or high school. In fact, it feels like you serve years in the Navy. All So... Did you fall in love in the seventh grade or like you got to explain a little bit of that detail there? Me personally or us? I yeah, think, that's, I think that's probably the question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was pretty smitten with her. Um, we were really good friends. We were probably, you know, best friends through, through high school and she went to Iowa state and I went to Wartburg. And so there was, you know, a little bit of separation there. We uh, lived a block away from each other in dental school and medical school respectively. And we didn't date the whole time. Um, it's kind of funny, you know, because when you look at the the strengths finder, you know, like wooing was pretty low on both of our lists. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm voting like <laughs> romantic intuition. Like Brandon, you're living a, a block from your yeah. <laughs> future wife, and you guys don't date. How does that happen? That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy story, um, which you know you'd have to have a whole nother podcast, like a year of a podcast, probably to get through. <laughs> but I think the 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 beauty of it is that when it did happen, we both knew for sure that it was the right thing, you know, mm, and it was it was cool. such a good thing. And in our marriage, I know the you know the foundational sharing of faith in Christ is obviously first and foremost. But having the foundation of a friendship that goes all the way back to seventh grade is a blessing. And she has seen me through, you know, 
really immature times. And I would say now is a less immature time. Um, and likewise. And so there's just a beauty to that that we're both really grateful for. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. So, okay, next question. I want to talk a little more about vocation and working and what you do for a living because you are uh, working on people's teeth. And so mm-hmm. some people are going to step back and go, okay, hold on. You're deeply devoted to Christ, and yet your nine to five is this secular vocation. And so I want to just give you some space to explore that. How is it that you connect the work you do with the values of God's kingdom? How do you explore that in your own life? Yeah. Well, it's actually something that <clears throat> that I struggled with. Honestly, I would say it was a bit of a struggle early on when I was considering dentistry and I was in college and I, I was really wrestling with, okay, this is a big decision. Is this really what I want to do? And is this what God wants me to do? I do, I do not want those things to be on divergent paths. Um, and so I, I thought about things like, you know, what does it look like to be faithful as a believer and explore the idea of, do you have to be in vocational ministry to be faithful? You know, and as I talked with mature believers around me, you know, the, the answer ultimately was, no, you don't have to go into vocational ministry. In fact, I mean, if you're called to do that, that's awesome. But if you don't necessarily feel like you're called to do that, God needs godly people <laughs> in all spheres of life. Mm-hmm. And so that was really mm-hmm. freeing for me, you know, to to say, okay, well, I've always had this weird, you know, everybody told me it was weird anyway, um, love for for teeth. And that is weird, Brandon. You gotta it's be unusual. messed up. You gotta be messed up. And and you know, Iowa State students or Ames High students that come and job shadow with me, the first question I ask them is, Are you weird? You know, I mean, if you want to go into dentistry, you gotta be weird. And so I check that box pretty easily, but, you know, God cares about people and, you know, people have teeth, people have oral healthcare needs. And one of the beauties of what you do in healthcare is you have an opportunity to connect with people, especially when they have a physical ailment, you know, it, there's just, it's a unique connection. And uh, so it's surprising how many times you get into a spiritual conversation, um, even if it's not overtly Christian, you know, but you get into a spiritual conversation because of a physical ailment, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, so, you know, caring for people in that time of need is great. Um, it's also, you know, dentistry is incredibly preventative, which is so fun. And so teaching people how to be preventative about their healthcare um, day by day is even more fun. Um, as as things evolve, so yeah, it's it's been a great journey for me. And you know, dentistry is a big enough field that um, there's always something changing and something that's really interesting. And so it doesn't get boring at all. Hmm, that's awesome. Okay, now speaking of things that are not boring, let's talk about you and Corey's work schedules. So, uh, Brandon, let's be real here. So Corey is my kid's pediatrician. Um, and so we call her with some very random needs. Like last week, my daughter believed she swallowed part of her retainer, which later, by yes. the way, Brandon, we found that metal piece 
<laughs> I got to text you a picture of it. I, I about died. Yeah. Guys, she didn't swallow it. She thought she had. And looking at the metal piece, I'm going to tell you, friends on this podcast, if she had swallowed that, we would have really known. And Corey was absolutely problem. right to tell us to go get an x-ray <laughs> because it was huge. So off of that, you know, you guys are balancing. You have busy jobs. You're professionals. You have three kids. You have all of that. Are you resting in the middle of that, Brandon? How do you work that through as a couple? Like, I, that's just a difficult struggle. What do you What do you do there? Yeah, it is a struggle, and i I don't know I don't know if you ever get it just right or if it's perfect. You know, it's always sort of in flux. And I would say that there's different seasons that are harder than others. Uh, we both love what we do, and so work isn't entirely work all the time. Um, but, you know, I think a, a big thing for us is really knowing who we are and what types of things will revitalize us and recharge us personally. And it, it'll be a little bit different for Corey than it is for me. Um, living on an acreage is one of the most restful things for me, even though probably for most people, uh, it just sounds like a bunch of work. Um, those things are just, it's my wheelhouse. That's what I love doing. And, uh, so it does look a little bit different and, you know, our, our schedule is, can be wacky at times. Um, but we both have the attitude of, you know, it's, it's teamwork getting through this and Hey, this is going to be a tough week. I'm on call these days, or I've got this to do. And can you take the kids and do this? It's just, it's really forced us to communicate really well. And, um, uh, and just try to remember what's most important. It's good. It's good. Okay, so speaking of things that are very important to you and Corey, let's talk about Whole30 and this Mediterranean diet phase. So, yeah. and I have a great deal of respect. Corey, she keeps showing up at our house or place like this with treats that are made of with tapioca flour or whatever. She, I mean, she's gotten good at this, Brandon, because I can't tell half the time. I'm amazed by that. And yeah. I mean, I'm certain she can tell when I show up with treats that I have bought from Walmart and attempt <laughs> to just tempt her with them. But why is Whole30 such a big part of your life? <laughs> that yeah. might be the literal worst question I've ever asked. Because you've been in this kick, and I'm like, I, I want to post. I told you prior to this, I'm like, I'm going to post a, like a photo of Brandon in, in the show notes <laughs> because yeah. I... I mean, really, it, you've actually embraced this. It's been a really good thing for you. So I, I don't yeah. know whether it's Whole30 or just eating healthy, but let's just talk a little bit about this, Brandon. Let's have some real real talk here. Yeah, well, you know, to be completely transparent, um, I was the problem with our, with our diet. Um, Corey was a nutritional science major at Iowa State. So nutrition has always kind of been in her wheelhouse and, and an area of passion for her. Um, and we never really ate terribly. Um, but last year, about this time, uh, Easter morning, I got up and I just felt sluggish and crummy and I was sick of it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go get on the scale. And that's not something I usually do. And I went in and I was in uncharted territory. <laughs> it was mortifying. And I thought to myself, you know, I've, I've kind of had this idea in my head that I would never, ever be this weight in my life. 
And what made it worse was in high school when, when I was like this aspiring, you know, athlete, I tried everything to gain weight, um, except for, you know, steroids and nothing worked. And so it's like, here I am 25 years later and I'm like, oh, terrible. So I, I sought some accountability from my wife immediately and said, okay, we, we got to fix this and it's got to start with nutrition. And she said, okay, I'm in. And uh, so basically the whole 30 is, is what she recommended. And, and I lost a lot of weight um, in a pretty short period of time. And, and now we're coming up on a year. So, and is this good? Like, do you enjoy this? You know, I enjoy it a lot more than I did at first because at first it just is a whole bunch of stuff that you got to go out, go without that you really like, you know, but then when you start to see how good you feel and you start to see how your kind of your peak mental, um, awareness or mental capability is, is higher and it's a longer period of the day uh, and you have more energy and you just feel better. Um, then it's easy to look at things and say, I'm just going to really feel terrible in about 45 minutes if I eat that. So it's easier now. It's a a good pitch, Brandon, but I'm still, (laughs) I would do it if I can also eat fast food whenever I want. Outside of that, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's no rule against that. It's just yeah, you got to be what, okay with how you're going to feel. Counteract everything that you just advocated for. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, at some point. I get into weird diet phases, generally in the summer. I have this like routine in my life, Brandon. I don't know if you've seen me do this, where I just, I'm like, every summer I'm like, I'm going to teach my body who, who's boss. And so boss, I'll just yeah. do ridiculous things. Like I'm only eating legumes for a week. Because who cares, you know? Yeah, I've seen this from you, Mark. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> it's not like the most normal thing. <laughs> so I'm, I think actually your diet plan is probably better than mine. Just true confessions. Yeah, it, it works pretty well. And we've got some neighbors that are into it and are further along the journey. And they give us great recipes. And so it really helps to have a mentor in the diet, okay. so to speak. So Brandon, final question. Then yeah. now we're back really in the wheelhouse of this. We're elders together at Cornerstone and spend time praying for and thinking about what does God have for our church and what's on your heart as you're looking out over kind of the next year, over the next season at Cornerstone, what are you praying for? Where do you help, hope to see us continue to grow as a church in this kind of next phase of life? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a question that I think comes to mind fairly frequently for me because that's that's just an area that's easy for me to think. Um, and the, the most common prayer is that we would be faithful. And, you know, what does that mean? It means that we understand that God has put us in a really incredible position of blessing. And even, you know, historically, just seeing how the church has has suffered through so much over the, the, the millennia, we are uniquely in a position of blessing that that's not on accident. And there's a stewardship with that that, that I feel a burden for, like I, I know you do too. And mm-hmm. so, Absolutely. so, you know, for, for people like you and me that are, that are in a stage of life where we've kind of inherited this legacy of faith at Cornerstone, um, you know, we, it's easy for us to feel, 
you know, pulled into the future almost with a vision of stewardship and of just being faithful uh, to what God has entrusted to us. Mm, that's a great, I, I mean, we talk a lot about even the phrase for us, faithful presence is just so central to what we think God's called the church to be, that fruitful witness comes off the foundation of faithful presence. You know, sometimes we get so obsessed over, hey, let's go and chase this thing, chase this thing. If God calls us to it, amen, praise his name. But those results and those things, those are God's. Our call is to be faithful to the gospel and to be a consistent witness to Christ. And Brandon, I got to say, just as a brother, as a fellow elder, I love serving with you. It's a joy. We have a lot of fun. And inside of that, just the chance to as a friend, walk alongside you and Corey. You've influenced Crystal and I in our life tremendously, and your leadership in our church is a treasure. And so just want to say thanks for the time on the podcast, but even more so, man, thanks for the leadership that you give and the faithfulness that you embody in how you live, Brandon. Really appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Absolutely, brother. Thanks. Thanks.